Christmas can be a very special time, but it can also be a very stressful time. And given everything that has been going on this year, who knows what will unfold this holiday season? What if, for once, we just relaxed and gave ourselves permission to focus on what really matters? Welcome to the Calm Christmas Podcast with me, Beth Kempton. Just like my book of the same name, I hope the Calm Christmas Podcast inspires connection, belonging, self-care, nourishment and joy and a little bit of festive magic. Hello there and welcome to episode nine, dealing with loneliness, sadness and grief at Christmas. In some ways this is a difficult episode, but I hope in others it will be inspiring and comforting for you. I thought I'd start us off with a lovely short poem by Victoria Erickson from her book Rhythms and Roads. Sometimes someone isn't ready to see the bright side. Sometimes they need to sit with the shadow first. So be a friend and sit with them. Make the darkness beautiful. It's really important to acknowledge that feelings of melancholy are a reality for many people over the holidays, for a host of reasons, including grief, loneliness, and even a general sadness that sweeps in with the season. Christmas is always a time of nostalgia, and it's when we most notice the changing shape of things. This year in particular, it's likely to affect more of us than usual. So many of us have lost a loved one or something that was precious to us this year. Some of you will be grieving the passing of someone who you really cared about, and if that includes you, my heart goes out to you. Others among you will be grieving perhaps a cancelled wedding, a missed graduation, a lost job, a decimated business. I know people who've been through all these things this year, and if you've had an experience like that, my heart goes out to you too. There have been so many reasons for heartbreak this year, including grief for an old version of a life which will never return after the events of 2020. I wonder what has been difficult for you this year and whether you've had the chance to grieve, to acknowledge those feelings and accommodate them. I hope this episode of the Calm Christmas podcast goes a little way to helping you do that, while also encouraging you to make some space for joy. That might just come down to you deciding to talk about it to someone and letting them know what you need, Or if you know someone who's suffering, asking what they need. And of course, being prepared for the emotions to rise to the surface in the middle of things, as they so often do. Now is a really good time to be thinking about how you might want to make arrangements to honour what has been lost or somebody who is no longer with us in a special way over the holidays. If you know that Christmas will be tough, try putting some slack in your schedule, taking extra care of yourself over the next couple of weeks taking good care of your health and reaching out for support and giving yourself permission to do things differently if you feel you need to. It's also worth remembering that Christmas can be a time for reflection on the preciousness of life and for dreaming of what lies ahead. What's really clear is that we shouldn't feel obliged to pretend to have a happy Christmas if that doesn't make any sense for us given what we've been through this year. But I also think that seeking out moments of joy is essential even in the hardest times. Those moments might be fleeting and they may be quickly overshadowed with all the hard stuff, but they can go a long way to ushering you through. 
Perhaps the most important thing, though, is acknowledging how you feel and sharing that with those around you, both now and in advance of the holidays, so other people can support you and not expect you to be different to the way you feel like you need to be right now. And whatever kind of sadness you might be experiencing this year, you're not alone. Others will be feeling it too. Today, I want to start off with another poem and some beautiful prompts to consider if you are in mourning for anyone or anything, grieving someone lost and missed, feeling the weight of not being able to be with a particular person for whatever reason, estrangement, a military posting or some other circumstances, or experiencing grief for much wanted children who have not been born. So many people talked to me about this when I was researching my book, Calm Christmas, and how they struggle to talk about that with others at a time when so much of the festivities is built around children. If you're in mourning for any reason, I hope this poem and the prompts that follow will feel like they're for you. Firstly, the poem is called The Power of Loss. You can find it in the gorgeous book Secrets and Stars by Alex Klingenberg, which is actually edited by Victoria Erickson, who wrote that gorgeous poem I shared at the beginning of the episode. My right foot is poised over the edge of the dark waters, the white spears vanishing under the surface, dangling, falling, down and down, hair flowing in my face like seaweed, starfish cling to my back and neck. I'm taken under to the fathomic feelings and the sandy mud of deeper waters, grief and rage, intense vulnerability. A charge, electric, like an eel, or lightning shocking the water, and I am lit up, completely splayed open, surrendering to the power of loss. And now for those prompts. These come from Joyelle Arvella, who is at joyelle.arvella on Instagram. She says, grief is not a sign of weakness, nor is avoiding grief a sign of strength. Every living thing goes through a period of mourning for transformation. By turning to natural and functional elements for relief, we can shift with the inevitable changes rather than resist them. So these gorgeous prompts are in themes of those natural and functional elements, as Joyelle described them, and I think they're really lovely. Salt is a powerful element for cleansing, preserving and healing. How can you incorporate the power of salt into your daily routine? Can you let your salty tears flow freely? use a salt body scrub, or savour healthy doses of salt in your food. Water. Allow water to love on you. Drink water. Sit next to water. Dance in the rain. Take an intentional bath or shower. Pour water libations on your plants. Aye, a sacred word that Joyelle used and The set of prompts that she connected to it felt to me like an invitation to get grounded. She says, write down all you have wanted to say to the person, place or situation causing your grief. Bury it in dirt away from your home. What can you give to earth so that it recycles your mourning for new life? Fire, light a candle for meditation. Focus on the flame. Allow all thoughts to pass through your mind without judgment. How is your morning like the flames? Reflect. Home. Sweep your home. Then rest in your favourite room. 
How will your home be a place of refuge after this mourning period? What needed to go? And I'd add, what needs to go now? And mirror, visualise and write about who you are becoming. How does this mourning period get you closer to that person? And remember, of course, if you're out walking while listening to this, you can always come back and listen again when you have a notebook handy and let the words flow. Thank you to Joyelle for letting me share those gorgeous ideas. And remember, letting those you will spend Christmas with know in advance that you might not be the jolliest person all through November, December and January this year can really help both you and them. I'd like to share a beautiful story that was shared with me when I was researching Calm Christmas. It's from Chloe Honoré and she told me this. On the first anniversary of my mother Jude's death, my dad went to our local church When he got there, he found it open but completely empty. He walked to the front and sat there quietly. Suddenly, he felt something brush against his leg. A little black cat had sidled up to him and sat with him for the next five minutes while the exact time of her death passed. My dad said it gave him immense comfort. I haven't finished this story, but I have to say I just got full body shivers while reading that. And it continues... The following year, in December, we went to a wetland centre. My mum loved it there and it's where we held her wake. We parked the car and the moment I opened the door, a robin jumped in and hopped up onto the steering wheel and stayed with us for 10 minutes. On the third Christmas day without my mum, my husband and I were with our three girls in Denmark, celebrating with my in-laws. I'd been feeling quite emotional. It was an awful day, dark sky, torrential rain, howling wind and freezing cold. We were in the kitchen with all the windows shut when out of nowhere a beautiful peacock butterfly appeared. It flapped around us and then settled on my husband's hand. During each visit we were all mesmerised and calm. Rather than feeling sad, I felt full of wonder. We now include her in the celebrations by hanging a photo of her on the Christmas tree. Isn't that beautiful? Chloe tells me that even though she misses her mother deeply, She really treasures Christmas time and all the magical feelings it stirs up. I hope you too will get to that place in time. Next, I want to share a few words about loneliness because there's a stoicism in our culture that has kept the lid on loneliness for far too long, in my opinion. But perhaps this year, more people than ever have felt lonely at some time with lockdowns all around the world and us being forced to keep apart from each other. Apparently loneliness is as detrimental to our health as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And in the US, rates of loneliness have more than doubled in the past 40 years, with an estimated 43 million adults over the age of 45 suffering from chronic loneliness. Here in the UK, we've actually had a minister for loneliness since 2017 because it's such a huge challenge for our society. I have such vivid memories of being lonely as a student in Bath many years ago, So I thought I'd read a story about it from my book, Calm Christmas, in case it resonates. It's a dark, rainy day in early December, and my head is resting against the filthy window of a double-decker bus while I watch the raindrops falling down the glass at the end of a long day. I'm a postgraduate student in Bath, a city in England founded by the Romans as a thermal spa, and I'm riding the top deck back to my flat after class. The bus stops for a moment and the raindrops take on an orange glow. They're reflecting the light from chandeliers blazing through the night from the second floor drawing room of one of the elegant Georgian houses on the hill. I see the silhouettes of a woman in a dress and a man holding a glass of wine by one window 
and a group of people chatting and laughing by another. It's a storybook scene, and I'm the reader, unable to make my way into the page and participate. I can't tell whether the knot in my stomach is hunger or longing. Not for a Georgian drawing room and chandeliers, but simply for an invitation. I felt so lonely that year. Utterly absorbed in my studies, I'd made few friends outside of class. Everything about the countdown to Christmas in that beautiful city seemed to tap me on the shoulder and remind me of the fact that I was single and living on a tight budget. Colleagues were heading out to the Christmas market for mulled wine after work. People were out shopping. Every restaurant was filled with patrons in party hats popping champagne corks. Meanwhile, I spent a lot of time in the bookshop. As term was drawing to a close, in a translation study group with some of my Japanese classmates, one of them started to cry. That set off some of the others. With the release of tears came reluctant admissions of how much they were all missing their families. Only then did I realise that they too had been wandering through the same streets of the same city, feeling a similar way to me, only their yearning for home was even deeper than my own, given the thousands of miles between them and their loved ones. I invited them all to my parents' house the following weekend. We baked Christmas cookies, ate roast dinner and laughed more than we had since meeting each other at the beginning of term. By looking up and out, I realised I was not alone and that solidarity made all the difference. I was simply in need of connection and in the process, I discovered others who needed it too. I'll add that now, many years later, I'm still friends with that group of people who came to my house that Christmas all it took was one brave little invitation. In the course of researching Calm Christmas, I discovered so many people who carried heavy stories of the season. People with memories or current experiences of loneliness like mine, and people with all sorts of other sadness. People being enclosed by a general darkness that comes with the season when everything just feels harder. As human beings, we experience pain and sadness in so many ways, and there's something about Christmas that can heighten both the joy and the sorrow in our lives. I explored a whole host of practical ways that we can help ourselves and each other at times like this, and you can find them all in Calm Christmas, along with all sorts of stories from other people and supportive advice. But given the year we've all been through, I want to share some of them with you now, here on this podcast, in case they're helpful. Please do share this episode with anyone who might appreciate it this year. So firstly, a few ways that you can help take care of yourself. You can take care of yourself in terms of nutrition and exercise. Make food an event by planning your menus and then using the meals themselves as opportunities to practice mindfulness in their preparation and eating. Reach out and talk with other people about how you're feeling. Remember, almost everyone feels lonely or sad at some time in their life. You can broaden your horizons by listening to podcasts, reading books, attending lectures and exploring new music. It's also good to minimise your screen time and be mindful about how you're using social media. You can meditate, do yoga or perhaps learn about mindfulness. And reflect on whether your sense of loneliness is telling you to pay more attention to certain aspects of your life. You can also look at the advantages of your current situation. If you find yourself complaining about something... Add the words, so I can, dot, 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 at the end of a sentence to flip it into an opportunity. This one's not always appropriate, but sometimes it can really help. You can seek out an inspiring book and then settle down to read it as if there's nothing you'd rather be doing in the world. If you've read my book, Calm Christmas, you can revisit the five stories of Christmas from chapter one of that book 
and consider how you might honour those that matter the most to you this year. It will provide a focal point for the holiday season and give you a reason to reach out to someone else who values the same stories. If limited finances are preventing you from attending expensive events or celebrating in a way you'd like to, why not get creative with the way you gather with others if you're allowed to do that this year? Maybe you could invite someone to join you for a walk or do some Christmas crafting or perhaps go on a little winter picnic or do some vision boarding for the year ahead. You can decorate the outside of your home with lights to raise the spirits of passers-by. You know, a lantern by the front door and fairy lights around the window can be a real gift to strangers and that simple act can forge strong connections between neighbours and the rest of the local community because it sends a message of friendliness and approachability. And if you're missing people who live far away, why not have an online video chat? Of course, Zooming has become the thing of 2020 with so many of us separated and working from home. And probably, I know this is true for me, for sure, many of us have become almost averse to it because it's so all pervasive in our lives at the moment. But it can really, really help if you're missing someone who lives far away. You could keep the connection open while you cook dinner, perhaps, or decorate the tree together in your own spaces. And of course, if being in the house feels oppressive, get outside, seek out nature wherever you are and give yourself something to look forward to. Maybe treat yourself to some art supplies or sign up for some kind of class and give yourself something to focus on. Most importantly, be kind to others and to yourself. Personally, I love listening to moving music to really help me connect to how I'm feeling. Some beautiful melancholic Christmas songs include This Time of Year by Rhys Lewis, Christmas Lights by Coldplay and Winter Song by Sarah McLachlan. Of course, you might find that uplifting songs work better for you. Whatever it is, whatever kind of music you like, explore playlists on iTunes and Spotify and find something to match your mood or lift you out of your mood if that's what you want. There's a whole chapter on honouring the melancholy in my book Calm Christmas, so I do hope you'll read it if you think it might be a comfort this year. There are also some amazing resources online, such as optionb.org and the book that goes with it called Option B by Cheryl Sandberg, which has recently been updated to give advice on dealing with all the uncertainty of a pandemic-affected world. It's a really fantastic book. The Grief Podcast and the websites of charities like Mind and The Samaritans can be a friend too. I also have an online writing course called Words Heal, which you can find on my website at dowhatyouloveforlife.com. You might find that comforting and healing, so please do take a look if you think it might be a support for you. Words are medicine. We cannot know the precise nature of someone else's emotional experience at this time of year. The shadow of loss, the beating heart of sorrow, the searing pain of loneliness, the ache of wishing things were different. But we can be mindful of what it might feel like based on our own experience, careful observation and empathy. And if you know someone who is feeling down this year, try extending an invitation to them or asking how they want to celebrate or if there's anything they'd rather not talk about or that they would like to talk about. At my children's school, they have this wonderful thing called a buddy bench. If you're feeling lonely or sad, you can just go and sit on it. And it's a message to others to come over and chat to you. I think that's a wonderful idea. Sometimes it's the simple things, smiling at strangers, especially those who seem to need a pick-me-up. And taking care with social media posts can make a difference too. Thinking about the message that you want to convey before posting anything. And of course, letting people know that you appreciate them is really important. Your words could be just the boost they need. 
So I hope these ideas and resources give you some things to play with in the weeks ahead and go some way to helping you and those around you at this challenging time. To wrap up this part of the podcast, I thought you might also appreciate this gorgeous short poem by Wendell Berry from his book, The Peace of Wild Things. It's called To Know the Dark. To go in the dark with the light is to know the light. To know the dark, go dark, go without sight, and find that the dark too blooms and sings and is travelled by dark feet and dark wings. And now it's time for our festive origin section. I thought today it would be lovely to look at the winter solstice, which takes place this week on December the 21st. In the Northern Hemisphere, it's the moment when the sun reaches the southernmost point in the sky. Many see it as a spiritual event as much as an astronomical one. And after the darkest days, we can look forward to the gradual return of the light. I wanted to share a few words from the book The Magical Year by Danu Forrest. I referred to this book earlier in the series as well. It's a really lovely one, which talks about traditions throughout the year. Many cultures have a green man or a god of nature and vegetation in their folklore and mythology, from the Mesopotamian Demutsi to the Greek Attis, the Roman sun god Mithras and the Egyptian Osiris. The image of the green man embodying the life force of the earth calls us back into relationship with nature once again and reminds us of its many gifts. The green man always undergoes a death and journey through the underworld during the season of winter before being reborn in the spring. The foliage-covered face of what we've come to call the green man is carved upon medieval church walls all over Europe and is still a popular name for British pubs. These mysterious figures stand for our enduring love of wild green spaces of the earth and reveal threads of indigenous pagan belief enduring through millennia. During the winter months, we know him in British folklore as the Holly King, the wild hunter and a spirit of the forest, keeping the fertility of the coming year safe in his spiky evergreen leaves till spring returns. Traditionally, the solstice is symbolised by evergreens, fire and in many cases, silence. It's an invitation to rest and seek renewal as everything in nature finds a moment of stillness. It's curious how it coincides with what can be such a hectic time in our busy human lives, which is why I always try to wrap up my main Christmas preparations a week before the big day to allow for some quiet time around the winter solstice. I love to gather with my family, light candles, add the evergreen decorations around the house, put fairy lights up in the trees and invite the return of the light into our own lives after any difficulties and darkness we've experienced. It's a beautiful celebration, whatever your beliefs, and a wonderful time to meditate or just find some quiet time for yourself. So here we are now just a week from Christmas. Here is our final set of Get Ahead Tips. I encourage you to make a plan to carve out time for yourself between Christmas and New Year, the time that I call the hush. I nearly always start writing my books during this time. It's a lovely quiet moment where there's less sense of pressure and the world is stirring gently ahead of the new year. Don't forget, if you want to use this time to reflect on 2020 before you look ahead to 2021, you can get a free digital planner to help you do exactly that from my website, bethkempton.com forward slash Christmas. If you've bought a copy of my book, Calm Christmas, in any format, hardback, ebook, or the audiobook read by me. 
Just go to bethkempton.com forward slash Christmas and pop your receipt details onto the form there and you'll get instant access to the workbook of questions that are going to help you deeply and soulfully reflect on the year gone past and then look ahead with hope. There's also a calming visualisation in there and I've popped in my guide to creating your own mini retreat this winter, all as free gifts with any purchase of Calm Christmas. So do go and help yourself to that. Right, let's get back to our get ahead tips. Remember, you only have the time you have. There's just a week to go until Christmas. So this is a good moment to look at your to-do list and be brutal with it. Get rid of the things that don't really need to be done or delegate what you can or move it to January or give yourself a morning to blast through all the remaining niggling things so you can clear the decks and really enjoy the festivities. You might want to make a daily plan for this week and build in some walks or some exercise, some time for soaking up the atmosphere where you live and some special time with those you love. And then perhaps think of a way to use words to capture or celebrate the season. This is a really lovely time to do that. So that's it for this week. I'll be back next Thursday on Christmas Eve. I love Christmas Eve and I'm going to be here with a special episode called The Christmas Wish. After that, we still have two additional episodes. So in total, there are three left in this series and that's going to take us right up into the new year. Remember to subscribe so you don't miss them. And if you're enjoying the Calm Christmas podcast, please do tell your friends about it. The episodes that are still to come are going to be absolutely brilliant for helping you to make the most of that time between Christmas and New Year. So you don't want to miss them. Until then, I hope you have a calm and cosy few days ahead. It is Christmas after all. You've been listening to the Calm Christmas podcast with me, Beth Kempton. For more inspiration and ideas, cosy up with a copy of my book, Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year, a little book of festive joy. It's available now from all good bookshops or listen to the audiobook read by me. Wishing you a calm Christmas and a happy new year.